All right, I'm recording. All right, I'm recording. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Let's just say to each other over and over that we're recording. I'm recording. Recording now, just letting you know I'm recording. Yay. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm okay, you're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are at I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay, I guess. Is that the name of the new podcast you're starting? I'm okay, I guess. I mean, I'm not n- not okay. So, I'm in the I'm in the middle. I'm 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 not not okay. I don't necessarily feel okay though. What do you do when maybe it's a buddy or maybe it's just someone in your life and and things are not okay for them for whatever reason. Uh, And they're really looking to you for you. Because, you know, here's what people like to say when people are are not okay. They like to say, listen, man, things are going to, things are going to work out. Things are going to be okay. What do you do when you've evaluated whatever their deal is? And it might not be okay (laughs) anytime soon. Dude, I got an email this morning from this guy that lives in India, who's part of the song club. And he's like, dude, I lost my computer. I'm destitute. Things aren't working out. I'm thinking about doing a GoFundMe for my computer. But now I'm also thinking about doing a GoFundMe to raise money for a record. And like the whole time I'm like going, what does this guy want from me? And then (laughs) at the end of it, I just deleted it. And then I went to the trash and I was like, go for it. And then (laughs) deleted it. Go for it. Because I, I was like, but my first instinct was like, trash, no response. <laughs> and then I was like, that's not good. So I just said, go for it. And then delete. Go for it's pretty solid. It's, it, it'd be pretty hard if I were him to, to really take it that seriously. Go for it. It is kind of generic, but sometimes people are in such a way that even something like go for it is really helpful. So uh, I'm glad you did that. I'd rather try to put something positive out there, but sometimes someone's going through something and it's like, woof, I don't know, buddy. That sounds really bad. <laughs> but you can't really say that. That's not what they're looking for. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, what's the worst thing that can happen? The thing that's going to happen to everybody. We're all going to die. Right. That's why, like, when I go to an AA meeting and everybody's like, yeah, I had to stop drinking or I was going to die. I'm like, hey, bitch, you're going to die drinking or not drinking. Right, but you want to you wanna maximize the quality of your life while you're here. You don't want to die sooner than you have to because of booze. And you don't want your time here to be, uh, you're, you're destroying relationships and getting DUIs and you're bloated and you're losing your job. You know, you want to have a quality of life. Well, that's the re- the reason I quit drinking was I hadn't died. I was like, if I'm going to keep on living, I better quit drinking because I was drinking with the assumption that I was going to die sometime soon. And mm-hmm. now I'm almost 30 and I'm not dead and I don't want to do this any longer. Did you have a death wish? No. Did you have a death wish? No. Did you have a death wish? No. I just always thought I was going to die. When I was 17... I was sure I was going to die by the time I was 18. When I was 18, positive I was going to die by 19. So every year I was just like, well, I'm going to die. And then when I made it past 21, I was like, maybe I'll make it a few more years. But I didn't think I was going to make it to 30. I like imagining you in Austin in those days 
this may be a little bit before that, and you look in the mirror and you're wearing the cat in the hat hat saying, I might die this year. Dude, every day at around, when because I, I used to work. Like, I'd get off work at like, I don't know, four or five, whenever it was, and I'd go to the store and get my uh, 40, uh, 40 ounces of Country Club malt liquor. God damn. And my pack of Marlboro Light cigarettes. And like, I would twist, I would untwist the cap and then I'd be like, what's going to happen? Because I had no idea once I took that first sip, what was going to happen, like where I was going to end up, what I was going to do, where, you know, where the day was going to lead me. And it was always scary. But then I would take that first sip and I'd be like, yeah, let's see what happens. So wait a minute. So when you were living that vibe and that was kind of a routine of yours, it still scared you? Or Because I guess what I would imagine is that was kind of thrilling and exciting for a young person. But now for me, especially knowing you and knowing me, I'm like, that would be so scary to me. <laughs> Dude, I was scared to death every day, but I wasn't not going to drink. Right, right, like, right. My alternatives were like, don't drink. That was out. So that was out. And then the other option was, well, I'm going to drink, but I'm real scared. As to what's going to happen after I take this first Because you were having some pretty crazy evenings, maybe some blackouts, right? Well, once I once I got that medicine in me, I was going out. Right. <laughs> I wasn't staying in. I was calling people. I was making moves. I got the moves, boy. I mean, I had the moves, boy. Yeah, boy. All, every day, <laughs> dude. I was just like, I mean, without the alcohol, I'm staying in where it's safe. And as soon as I take that first sip, I got the moves, boy. It kind of guide me through one of those average phone calls. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? What's up, motherfucker? Bob? You can go suck some dicks, you motherfucker. What are you doing? I'm uh, just playing chess with my mom, but it sounds like you've already cracked into that country club malt liquor. Dude, you can go suck some motherfucking dicks, bitch. <laughs> I don't know what I would say. I really have no idea. I bet that is pretty accurate, actually. It's probably, I mean, if I didn't use that exact nomenclature, it was something along those lines. Right, right. The vernacular may have changed a little bit, but the sentiment remains, yes. Yeah. I Man, I would just, I don't know, man. I would try to piss off everybody. It was bad news. I, I was definitely one of those drinkers where my personality would completely change when I drank. Right. It's not good. But you were, but you were kind of life of the party guy too, right? No, no, just dark, dark, dark and mean, and not like completely nonviolent. Like I would, so that was great. So I never had to worry about like, oh, I'm going to get into a fight or I'm going to hit somebody or anything because I, I just would never do anything like that. But got myself into some situations, you know, had like a gun pulled on me, had a knife put him to my throat, almost got arrested many times, you know, kicked out a window, you know, just <laughs> stupid shit. Kicked out of a window. <laughs> No, not kicked out of a window, kicked a window out. Oh, okay. Like, damn, you got kicked out of a fucking window. Like, I would I would hurt inanimate objects with my feet or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And I would wake up at play, you know, I regularly I'd wake up and I'd be like, I don't know where I'm at. Wow. And then I have to like, and I'd wake up with, with somebody, you know? And when I say somebody, I mean. Your dad. 
<laughs> Sometimes my dad once with my dad in a bed filled with vomit, yeah. dude. Dude, I woke up one day when I was like eighteen or nineteen, and I look around and my dad's next to me because I'm in my parents' bed and there's vomit all over the bed, and I'm like, "What happened here?" It was like a crime scene. I got up and got out. Dude, I got out of there and went to my room and went to bed. Have you ever spoken to your dad about that? I don't know if I have, to tell you the truth. We ought to get him on the show and try to crack the code on that on that particular morning. Man, my dad's not going to remember shit. He was just <laughs> as drunk as I was. I was going to ask, like, so when you're when you're this guy, you're this Bobby Schneider uh, from from uh, from uh, from your. What was the chick situation like? Were you were you dating anybody? I was always dating somebody, but you know, Rocky, uh, Rocky relationships, and you know, they would end pretty bad. Like I, but I wasn't like a fooling around kind of guy. Sure, I was a what? Basically, I'm the kind of person that like when I'm doing some, one thing, I'm doing the one thing. So I was like, when I was drinking, I was drinking. So. I would sometimes pick up a lady in a club or whatever, but I wasn't we I was too drunk to like have sex with her or anything. Like right. I might have sex the next day when I got up and I was like, hmm, who's this lovely lady? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, lovely lady? I'm just imagining the kind of chick that would go home with a blackout Bob Schneider and Although you're a handsome you're a handsome man. I can see that. I can see that. Dude, I was a cute dude when I was that age. I mean, I was like cute. And these ladies were like, he's a little rough around the edges. These ladies were drunk as fuck too, dude. It wasn't like it was some sober princess from fucking Wales. It wasn't like Princess Di picking me up. It was some fucking drug dealer who happened to be a cute chick. She'd be like, mm, I'll, it's either this guy or this other guy shooting up heroin into his dick. All right, I'll take this singer-songwriter guy. Oh my I just look over and my wife's in the studio like a fucking wraith looking at me like, what are you talking about? She's just like hovering ab above the piano. No. Did you have a death wish? No. Did you have a death wish? No. Well, this is a good opportunity to segue into an exciting thing that we're doing over here at I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay, and we've started a Patreon page. Woohoo! That's exciting, right? So we're going to tell you guys a little bit about what's going on over there at Patreon. If you don't know what it is, uh, it's a way for people like you guys out there who listen to the show every week, who like the show, who send us all the emails. I'm looking at you, EOB. And uh, it's a way for you to support the show, because we make this, and uh, it's a labor of love currently, and we take time out of our busy schedules of touring and our other adventures to uh, to make this content. So there's different tiers of the way you can support the show, and we've come up with some pretty cool things to give you guys for jumping in on these tiers. The first tier that we have, and we'll make this pretty brief, is the, <laughs> the I'm Not Okay tier, which is five bucks. So... You keep the show ad-free, because we, look, we don't want to have ads. This show can get pretty weird, right? We just spend a lot of time talking about a guy shooting heroin into his dick. We don't want to have to worry about talking about that guy. We might even have that guy on the show. I don't know. We might even shoot heroin into his dick for him. No, there won't be any of that going on. Well, I, I overstepped a little bit, but you get the idea. We don't have any ads on the show. We want to keep it that way. So <clears throat> if you support the show at the $5 level, keep the show ad-free. You get an autographed postcard of me and Bobby Schnizzles. And 
I don't know if a lot of people know this, but me and you wrote a couple songs together when we were touring. You're going to get those two songs also, Nightingales and All Things Shine. Do you want to tell them about the $10 tier? Yeah, so if you're not satisfied with the I'm Not Okay tier, you can join the I'm Okay tier, and you'll get everything from the I'm Not Okay tier, and you'll also get an additional signed postcard with a little personalized message every two months, and you can collect them all, and you can know that you're okay. And you'll get some additional recorded footage that will only be available to our Patreon members. And what's that called, Clint? It's called the Secret Weekly Bob and Clint Clubhouse Chat. So you can remember it. Yeah, which will be like, I don't know, just a little bit. It's not going to be a lot, but it'll be just a little secret thing that only you can get in the I'm Okay tier. And that will be weekly, I believe. That's every week. The $20 tier, which we have affectionately called the Zip tier, you get all that shit we just mentioned. Plus, after six months of being in the Zip tier, you get a personalized voice message from me and Bob. And God knows what that's going to be like. I got the moves, boy. It's just going to be us saying that for 10 minutes. I got the moves, boy. The only one that eased the thing on is the boy. So, I got the moves, boy. <laughs> By the way, I've been using that on my son lately, who's 14. All Because he won't talk to me at all, so I'm like, I got the moves, boy. <laughs> oh, I got the moves, boy. <laughs> you barely say, boy. Boy, I got the moves, boy. Has that opened up the uh, the channels of communication between you two? No. No. It's just like, eventually he'll go, Dad? Stop. Please stop, Dad. What, boy? <laughs> Please. Okay, I got the ones, boy. Come again, boy? I do it with my daughter, too. And even her at four, she's like, yeah, stop, Daddy. Don't say that. That's her new thing. Don't say that, Daddy. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the deal. The very last tier of the Patreon, we have... What? There's another tier? There's one last tier. And I'm shedding a tear as I talk about this tier. We call it the Money Onion. It's strictly for the ballas. You got any extra money? You want to support the show? You can name your own price. You get all that shit. It's the Money Onion, baby. That's all I can say. Basically, if you just have money to throw away and you really love the show and you want to support us and you and you, and you you just feel like giving us some extra dough, we'll let you do it. So as of hearing this episode, our Patreon is live. We'll be posting the links to all that stuff on our various socials. We have social media, by the way. We just haven't really been participating over there. But that's all changing. It's 2020. It's a new year. It's a new hat. It's New York. It's a new me. Boy. Right. So you can find us on Facebook. And I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. You can find us on Instagram and also on Twitter. So join all of those to get today and get connected with the rest of the uh, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay family. I mean, you know, you got to have someone to say zip to in the dark night of your soul. And we're trying to bring these people together. That's all. All right. Should we talk about something else for God's sake? We should. We should move on. We do have some emails. And this this will start a conversation I want to have with you because I am pretty much caught up on these Oscar films and uh, we can now talk about all sorts of films we haven't been able to talk about yet like joker like parasite etc um <clears throat> this is an email from jeff valander who says episode 60 spot on gentlemen except clint the two popes was good man then that's his the extent of his entire email he says the two popes was good man well you're the only person that didn't like the two popes i'm the only person who's been honest about it being completely boring <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've only talked to three people about two popes, but all three. And one of them is your four year old. No, all three of them liked it. I I didn't think I was I, I didn't think I was going to like it, and I liked it. I'm starting to realize that the entire 
my entire worldview is shaped around my preconceptions. So if I have some idea that something's going to be great, unless it's super great, it's not going to be great. And if I think something's going to suck, like you thought Joker was going to suck. You didn't want to watch it. And then you watched it and you're like, this doesn't suck. No, it kind of blew me away. I was really right. prepared to dislike the the film and it really blew me away. Right. And I was wanting to see it real bad because I thought, oh, this might be really cool. And then I saw it and I was like, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a hack hacky retelling of Taxi Driver with this amazing performance by Joaquin Phoenix, but it doesn't save the film from what it is, which is just kind of a hackish ripoff of another movie that I like much, much more. Well, <clears throat> I don't know whether to go into that lane or talk about this expectation thing, because that's the bigger the bigger idea here is that your preconceived notions tend tend to set you up for failure either way, right? Absolutely. Well, if you if you're expecting something to be amazing then it really has to truly be amazing to just be great. So what do you do? So do you, so both, so if you think it's going to be amazing, maybe just calm that down a little bit. And if you think something's going to be terrible, maybe chill that out too. Maybe try to go into stuff a little more neutrally. That way you, the element of like being surprised is, is there. I mean, I, I thought Midsummer was going to be great and it was great. It was just great in different ways. I knew Parasite was going to be good, but it, I had no idea what that movie was even about. I thought it was like a zombie movie. Um, I didn't know it was this kind of strange classist home invasion type, you know, meditation on poverty and wealth. And I didn't know that the acting and the, that the editing and cinematography would be so great. I mean, that, that movie will, will really stick with you, in my opinion. Did you see Parasite? Yeah, but I saw it after Bruce said it was the greatest film he's... It was like the best film he's ever seen, and it was the best film of the year. So I went in expecting that. Right. And it's really good. But it wasn't that. It was really good. I'm trying to think of a movie I saw this year. Where I was like, oh, that was great. Because I, I was a little disappointed by Lighthouse. Although it did kind of blow me away, too. That is another movie that will really stick with you. But it's just so... Uh, it's such a... Um, uh, man, the aesthetic of that movie is... They really force it down your throat. The way they talk, the way it looks, the way it's shot, the ratio of the screen. Did you see The Cold War last year? The Cold War, No. I didn't. That was uh, one of the nominees for Best Foreign Picture, and it was all shot in black and white. And it was a high contrast, kind of like The Lighthouse, um, really beautifully shot, had a crazy weird ending. Uh, but uh, the light, here's the problem with The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse was beautiful. The acting was cool. I love, I'm loving that Patterson guy. What's oh, his name? Robert Pattinson. He's great. He's wonderful. Pattinson, yeah. yeah. That guy's awesome. Like, I want to see him in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely, well, you said you didn't like Good Time, which is nuts. Um, well, I didn't, get, I didn't get through it all either. I only watched the first five or ten minutes of that, it. That was, well, he did a Cronenberg film called Cosmopolis, and he's great in it, but the movie's not very good, which is, which is unfortunate because David Cronenberg is so great. But uh, he's also in another David Cronenberg film that actually is pretty good called Maps to the Stars. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. Okay, so check that out. But but good time is when I was really like, damn, this guy is no joke. Well, I loved him in The King. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, got Timothy Chalamet. He's the best. He's great. Call Me By Your Name, obviously, was a standout performance. Let's talk about The Lighthouse for a second. So yeah. I really liked The Lighthouse for the most part. But then it was one of those where like the ending rolls around and I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. And I was like, uh, what? 
And it's fine. But if you're expecting like some reveal or something to happen, then you're going to be disappointed. Well, to me, it was a big love letter to Eraserhead. I mean, obviously, beyond the black and white, <clears throat> the choice to do to film it that way. But it it asks a lot of questions that the movie doesn't try to answer. And and in that way, I mean, Eraserhead, you're hip to Eraserhead, right? David Lynch's first film. I mean, I've seen it a couple times. I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. It's just, it's it's a movie built for people like you and I, and probably a lot of our listeners in that. It just, it, it asks questions that it doesn't try to answer. It does not pander to the audience at all. It's deeply artistic. It's it's a freak out. It's at times really gross and horrific. And the lighthouse was really like that. It was like, what's going on with these guys? And then you, what you do when an artist, and maybe you do this with your music too, but when you're an artist and you create something that's that, um, it's almost it's vague, but it's still asking questions, and it's visually pretty deep. What people, what listeners do, and what people who are viewing it do, is you just put your own, you project your own shit onto it, and then you're working th- your own shit out through these guys and Willem Dafoe, it's like, who is this guy? And is he a liar? And was he really this like ship captain? And why is he going insane? And then Robert Pattinson, he's like on the fucking lamb. Is he a criminal? Why does he want to see the light so bad? Is this mermaid real? Is it a fever dream? You know what I mean? Like, are they in love? Are they going to kill each? You know, like, it, 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 it's all the mythology about the seagull and the dead sailors inhabiting them. And it was kind of a tour de force, man. It was. It's amazing that a movie like that can be made. Yeah, I mean, it was like I said, it was fine, but it's like a joke where you're like listening to the joke and then there's no punchline. You're like, oh, why did you tell that joke if there's no punchline? Well, the 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 filmmaker would probably argue that there is a punchline, you know. Well, it's uh, it's it wasn't funny. <laughs> well, I don't think anything in the movie was supposed to be funny except all the farting. No, I'm just saying I'm just saying if there was a punchline it wasn't a very good one. Yeah, 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 I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, I I I agree with you and here here's what I know about how I react to movies. I agree with you. When the movie ended, I was kind of like, "Hmm, whatever. There wasn't a punchline." But as the days went on after I saw it, more than any other movie I've been watching, more than Ford versus Ferrari, more than Jojo Rabbit, whatever, that movie really stuck with me. I just found myself going back to it and thinking about it. And th- that's usually the sign of uh, artistic achievement. You know, it's like... Yeah, but I, I felt that way about There Will Be Blood, and that movie's not good. I've, I've watched it two other times since the first time I watched it, just to make sure, and mm-hmm. it's not good. You're right. It doesn't mean it's great. Now, here's a movie I do want to talk about that might be my favorite movie of the year, is Uncut Gems. Have you seen that yet? No, because it was supposed to come out on Netflix on the 20th or 21st, and it hasn't come out yet. Oh, man. For, okay, best thing Adam Sandler has ever done in terms of a dramatic role. Better than Punch Drunk Love, better than Spanish. I know, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want you to tell me anything about it. I well, just want to see it. I don't, and I don't want you to have, I don't want to give you the Bruce effect on Parasite. Like, uh, I, let me just say that his performance is incredible. I've heard mixed reviews about that movie, but I want to see it. Well, I think, I think you're going to like it. It's really good. And I like, I love Adam Sandler. I me think too. he's great. I'll watch him in a shitty movie. And it, well, that's not true because he's. Every movie he's made on Netflix so far has been shitty. Um, I liked the recent one with Jennifer Aniston, the murder mystery one. I liked it. Uh, I didn't watch it. Oh, well, check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, right. I don't know what else he's made on Netflix. Um, the Cobbler. Oh, I liked The Cobbler. It made me... The thing is, his movies like like Click and The Cobbler, they literally made me cry. The Cobbler made me cry, bro. 
And then he had one called The Redo. I didn't see that. Dude, they're bad. And the thing about Cobbler wasn't, I didn't mind Adam Sandler so much, but there was some other, I just remember there was another actor that was not very good. And I don't like Sandler when he's doing an accent. Anytime he does an accent, I'm like, nope, no thanks. And he does an accent in The Cobbler, right? I don't think so. It's, he's a New York, he's a cobbler in New York. He's kind of got a New York thing, but he's from New York. Yeah, I didn't like it for some reason. Hey, it's me, the cobbler. I'm cobbling. Hey, you need something done with your shoe there? Your shoe looks a little sloppy there. Come on in here and let me cobble that together for you there, you little fucking homo. <laughs> what are you sh- <laughs> What are you shooting? What are you, fu- what are you fucking, co- you need a... Look at the sole of that shoe coming off. What are I'm you, a fucking, fucking eraser head? Get in here with that old sloppy shoe there. I'm the cobbler. Get a fucking haircut and then let me cobble a shoe. What we do here is we cobble. I'm a racist, homophobic, uh, Hasidic Jew. Come on in here, you motherfucker. Let me get that shoe fixed up for you, you goddamn son of a bitch. Yeah, you're walking with a limp. Either you shot up too much heroin into your dick again or you need a cobble. I co- We cobble here. I'm going to rape my wife through a goddamn hole in this sheet, motherfucker. Get in here with that shoe. <laughs> Jesus. And dude, we just lost. Any, any fucking Orthodox Jews, we just fucking lost forever. And also any millennials. Also, a lot of other people. Or they're like, you know what? These guys really get me. <laughs> <laughs> These guys really get it. Ugh. Okay, another movie that I saw that I loved, I don't know if you saw it, is uh, the, it's the dude who did Hero. He did a movie this year called Shadow, a uh, Chinese film. Did you see that? I, I did see it. What do you think about Shadow? Great. Yeah, really good. Um, we'll probably do, well, the Oscars are in a couple weeks. We should probably go ahead and talk about some predictions. Well, Joaquin Phoenix is going to win for sure. I would have said no fucking way until I saw it, and now I'm like, not only is he going to win, he should win. The only competition he's got, really, is uh, Adam Driver was amazing in Marriage Story. And Tom Hanks, for some reason, they were giving him a supporting actor nod, even though he's the star of that movie. He, I don't know why that happened with the Golden Globes, but he's nominated for Best Actor in the Oscars. Well, he's the only one that's even close to Joaquin Phoenix. That's an Oscar performance. You got Leo in Once Upon a Time, which isn't going to happen. He's, they're just not going to do it. Wait, have you seen It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's you should watch that. I I, I don't have any interest in Mr. Rogers. I, I didn't watch him as a kid. Uh, it just seems really shitty. That's why you should watch it, because I went into it exactly the same way, thinking, I don't want to watch this at all. And then when you see it, you'll be like, oh, that's what this is. I know, but you think The Two Popes is good, see? No, this is this is different than The Two Popes. <laughs> I didn't think the I I thought the two popes was going to be horrible and it's like better than I thought it was going to be. It's okay. It's not a great movie. It it was just different than I thought it was going to be and it kind of opened my eyes up a little bit to to that whole world in a way that I, was kind of unexpected. Well, I'll tell you what, Jonathan Price is nominated for an Oscar for that and if he, you know, he he's kind of a weird dark horse for that. They might give it to him. I mean, I don't know. He's up for it though. The guy who played Francis Dude, speaking of Jonathan Price, I watched uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. What a turd of a movie. Terry Gilliam started making that movie years ago, and then it never got made, and then he finally made it. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I like Terry Gilliam. Brazil's one of my favorite movies. Watch Brazil now. Dude, that movie's rough around the edges. Mm, I watched it. I have the Criterion edition of that. 
Oh, shit, man. We're out of time, bro. Yeah, we are. We got to get out of here. All right, here's the deal. Go check out that Patreon. It's going to be cool over there. We're, we're trying to build a, a cool community of I'm okay, you're okay listeners. And it's a good way for you to give back to the show and support the show. If you can't hop on that Patreon ride, at least go leave us a review on iTunes. It really goes a long way. A lot of podcasts out there these days. And uh, we have other podcasts, the Metal Up Your Podcast about Metallica, the Song Club, where Bob goes through a lot of the songs he's writing and has written and kind of gives, lets you peek behind the old curtain, gives away those songs as well. And uh, is there anything else to say before we split? Be good to yourself. <laughs> Go for it. I got the most point. <laughs>